Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 225 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Lori Wolf. Lori lives in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and she is a retired teacher who is now in companion care. Welcome, Lori. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm so happy to have you. We were just talking beforehand. We talked for, oh my gosh, 20 minutes, just about everything. So I could tell this is going to be a really fun conversation. We just were like two peas in a pod. I could just tell. You're a retired teacher. I'm a retired teacher. We both love people. We're both enthusiastic. And we both have been successful with losing weight and maintaining and improving our health. In our 50s. Yes, in our 50s. That's right. I can't say that now. And our birthdays are only, what did we just three days apart? Our birthdays are three days apart, even though just a tiny bit younger, not much, just a little bit, but three days apart in July. Yeah, tiny, just tiny. <laughs> the older we get, the more we realize there's not a lot of difference between the ages. So you know I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? I'm so happy to be sharing this story because I feel like if intermittent fasting can work for me, it can work for anybody. And I have been on the dieting yo-yo roller coaster since, believe it or not, the 1960s. And so I have tried a lot of the diets that you've discussed over the podcast years, and I really, really, really know how to lose weight. 
that's the thing. People will ask me that sometimes. They're like, I'm trying and it's hard. I'm like, I could tell you a hundred ways to lose weight a lot faster than intermittent fasting, but you don't want to do those, right? But we know them. I could lose 10 pounds by next week. I mean, I don't know if I could, but you know what I mean. And I know for a fact that I could if I had the dieting mentality once again. And so that's it because I had done so many different diets and I dieted to eat. That when the fall of 2018, I saw a friend who had moved from Colorado Springs to California and she was back in Colorado Springs again. And I contacted her and asked her if I could use her name. And her name is Trisha Woodruff. She said, you may. Hello, Trisha. Yes. She's going to listen for sure. And I've posted her name over and over again on Facebook when I've talked about my weight loss journey and my change in my life. Anyway, she was visiting a friend and there are a bunch of us who got together at this mutual friend's house. And I looked at her and I said, Trisha, you have changed. What are you doing? And she was very nonchalant, very on the down low. And she said, well, it's called intermittent fasting. And I said, what does it involve? And she said, you have a period of time when you fast and a period of time when you eat. And we were in a large group. I want to say maybe eight or 10 of us were together. So I dropped it, but I thought to myself, that does not sound like an enjoyable diet. Well, can I give Trisha a shout out? Because in 2018, it was still less common to run into people who had ever heard of it. And so, you know, now, I mean, everybody's heard about it. We all have heard about it. It's out there. People have tried it. But back then, it was harder. And, and she didn't know. You know, a lot of times people were scared to bring it up for fear of reaction. But God bless Trisha. Maybe that's why she was so nonchalant. Because, again, it was just this kind of a drive-by interaction. I was impressed. And then I let it go until... January 2019, I am coming home from Jackson, Mississippi. My husband and I have three kids. They all went to the same beautiful, tiny, private Christian school called Bellhaven University. Shout out to Bellhaven University. And believe it or not, my kids all stayed there. All three are in the suburbs or in Jackson itself, Jackson, Mississippi. And Oh my gosh, do you know my plane takes me there as fast as I can find the money? In the meantime, my husband's a pastor and he loves his job and we don't feel ready for retirement. Unlike you, I want to come and I want to be in your little seaside house in Surf City. Please come visit it. You're invited. You say that to everybody. You're everybody's best friend, Jen. You are amazing. So it's January 2019. I am in the airport. My plane goes from... Colorado Springs to Dallas, Dallas to Jackson, and shout out to American Airlines. We can do all of this in six and a half hours versus 18 hours of driving. And while I'm in Dallas, I am perusing social media and Trisha Woodruff types, the book that changed my life is on sale at Amazon. And that book was Delay. Don't deny. That was when it was on sale for a crazy, like, low price, right? Was it like $5 or something? It was so low. And my husband's the Amazon guru. And I said to him, get me one of those books. It arrived in no time. Amazon provides excellent customer service. I could not read that book fast enough. And I was all in because I loved the idea that I didn't have to diet for three or four months to be able to eat a Reese's peanut butter cup or to be able to eat ice cream. I just had to deny what I wanted until my window opened. And literally, when I started, I'm gonna guess I started January 4th or January 5th, I never looked back. And then I wanted to be on your podcast so badly because I knew I'd found the thing, but I had to prove to myself that I could maintain. Because here's the problem, I went on my first diet in the 1960s, and I am good at guess that I have lost and gained over a thousand pounds. Yeah, since the 1960s, which is crazy, but because I couldn't ever maintain, I didn't want to be on your podcast and be a hypocrite. And so I waited. I love that. And, you know, I'm now at the point where I have so many people who want to tell their stories and we're all booked up for so long that I like never let someone sign up their first time that they email me now. So everybody, if you, if you email me, email me and you're going to get a let me know again emails that said to, to come back. And that's because people who email me a second time 
are going to show up and they're going to be there and they're they're going to have a good story to tell. Well, Jim, when I we th- this has been on the books now for I'm going to guess four or five months. And when my daughter said, um, "Baby number four is coming," and the date is April 24th, I said. Oh, I have a really important date on April 26th, uh, April 22nd with one of my favorite people, Jen Stevens, who I've never met, who could be my best friend. I hope that baby doesn't come on the 22nd. <laughs> oh my gosh, to think my grandbabies, who are one of my greatest passions, were taking a back seat to you, Jen. Whoa. So this baby hadn't come yet though, right? The baby arrived on Monday. And here's one of the big problems. Jackson is such a small airport that it is a really um, pricey place to fly. Colorado Springs is actually bigger than Jackson's airport, but it's one small airport to another small airport. So you have to watch the prices. And my husband wanted to drive. We did that at Christmas. It's just long in the car. So we saw the price was right and we went ahead and we scheduled so it's tomorrow we fly and we get to meet baby Ian was born eight pounds one ounce he has two sisters and a brother and we cannot wait to see them and then I've got two other grands six streets away from my daughter my son and my daughter in love live so I've got six-year-old four-year-old two two-year-olds a five-month-old and a four-day-old and I get to see them all and I'm high energy and I'm a crazy Grandma, my name's Nano, like Mork and Mindy, Nano, Nano, Nano. So anyway, I just love that this podcast was scheduled around that. And it once again gave me enough time to remind myself, I have engaged in a lifestyle, not a diet. And I have people ask me about it regularly because the change in my appearance is so dramatic. People say, I don't really understand what you're doing. Could you please explain it to me again? And when I say... My eating window is usually between two and a half and four hours and that I eat literally anything I want in my eating window. You can see there's great disbelief. And it's one of the things that I'm going to interview you during this because I wanted to grow up to be Oprah Winfrey. But I really want people to understand that it's just not, they go, oh, that's the cutback of calories that you're eating. And I say, oh, no, no. Fasting is magical. And Jen Stevens says it is the healthy way of living that has as a side benefit, weight loss, magical things happen in your body. And it was both delay, don't deny. And then because you recommended it, I read the obesity code by Dr. Fung, but you're the one who said it's a bit sciencey and true confessions. I did read it, but it was not, it was too sciencey for me, but there are things that I took away to say to people, the science for fasting is real. It is not a fad. And if someone really wants science I've got to hold this up so you can see it. This is the Intermittent Fasting Revolution. It's by Mark Matson. You've heard me talk about Mark Matson before. Now, this one is super science This one's like you're reading a medical journal. But um, he actually came on the podcast. It As of the date that we're talking, you and I, it hasn't dropped yet. It comes out in June. But by the time this our interview comes out, it will have already been out. But he gets into all the science of it. And it really, really is the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. And it's so different from what we did before. You know, like, I don't know if you're following the news right now, but I don't know if you've seen it. But in all the fasting groups, some study just came out of China and they compared a fasting, fasting for eight hours with eating all day. And they were calorie restricted, like everybody ate 1,500 calories, except the women ate, ate 1,200 calories a day and the men ate 1,500. And they either did it all day or they did it in an eight-hour eating window. And they found this, the headlines have been all over the place. And the clickbait media, no difference between the two. Intermittent fasting doesn't work. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. First of all, it was an eight-hour window. But if you had to eat 1,200 calories spread out all day long ever again, would you ever want to do that? When you look into the data, when you dig into it, there were differences between the two groups, even though they might not have been, you know, scientifically, statistically significant. The eight-hour window had better results in every single category. But it wasn't like giant. It was like six kilograms versus eight kilograms or something like that. But but I can't imagine trying to do that. I'm like, I don't care what that study says because we know how great we feel And after dieting since the 1960s, you don't need a study to tell you anything, do you? Oh, it's so true. And I just want to circle back to say, you just mentioned recently that they're seeing intermittent fasting impact dementia. 
because now I'm at the age I'm at and I'm seeing friends' parents. My parents are both in good health and good mental state, but the amount of dementia and Alzheimer's amongst people starting in their 70s and 80s is overwhelming. And to think that fasting could impact the brain, let's say for you 30 years from now and for me 20 years from now, why wouldn't you consider it? We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Well, and that's, you know, that's Mark Matson that I was just talking about. His background is neurological research from Johns Hopkins, and he's been doing intermittent fasting personally since the 80s because he knows what a positive – he never did it for weight loss. You know, so really also that study that was that I just talked about that came out of China was only focused on weight loss and really – and so, oh, everybody's like, oh, it doesn't work. Ha ha, we told you. I'm like, well, okay, but tell that to the thousands of people that it worked for. And, and I do think a testimony – gives the greatest validity to the intermittent fasting lifestyle. So the science is one thing and then living it is another. So this is this story, a friend of mine who has been actually asking about it for six months, finally called me. She said, you've said I can call you and talk to you. So she's in her seventies. She started on March 1st at my recommendation. So I do a lot of coaching, you know, for free. Like I want to influence people. I'm so happy to talk about intermittent fasting. And I highly recommended that she start with a 16-8. And for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, that's 16 hours of fasting, eight hours of eating, but you don't eat that whole time during the eight hours. You eat when you're hungry and you stop when you're full, but you eat whatever you want when you're hungry. And she said to me, her name is Sue. Sue said, I can do this. So this Sunday, she was telling me that I told her one of the best ways to do before and after was to actually measure her body. She walked up to me because I go to a church of over a thousand people and we all are like friendly talking to each other, you know, not all of us, but anyway, you can imagine I am. And so we're in the middle of the church lobby and she says to me, Lori, I lost nine inches in the last month in her 70s. And by the way, she's not morbidly obese. Like let's say Sue needs to lose, I'm going to guess, 15 pounds. In one month, she goes, all right, now you told me the next step is to decrease my eating window by one hour. And I said, exactly. So now you're doing what we call a 17-7. Well, she's in the middle of it and I haven't heard the results, but the sparkle on her face, the joy in her face was amazing. So another woman comes over and she goes, Oh, I hear the two of you talking. I have been working with a nutritionist and I'm losing weight and I don't have to starve myself all day long. And she just kept on walking by 
And I looked because she, Sue's in her seventies and she knows, she knows, she knows that this is freedom. I just looked at her and I said, I've done those diets before too. And what they do is they make me famished and you have to eat like, what is it? Maybe a fistful. What have we learned in the past? A fistful of protein, a half a cup of nuts or whatever. I'm like, I just looked at her and I was like, freedom. That was misery. If those things worked long-term, we would have done them and they would have worked long-term and we would have stuck to them. But unlike intermittent fasting, those get harder and harder and harder as you go along because your body fights back. I talk about why in Fast Feast Repeat, the research on, you know, severe calorie restriction and the Minnesota starvation experiment, that didn't go well for those guys (laughs) over time. And our bodies don't like that level of restriction all day. But when we do it in the eating window, it doesn't feel like restriction. We are satisfied. Our bodies are well-fueled during the fast. We're We're well fueled during the eating window. It's night and day. And so you've been maintaining now for a while. How much have you lost? And tell us about that. And how long have you maintained it? I just want to say you are absolutely right with eating all day long, small meals for the purpose of fueling. So I just have to tell you a side story that in, I remember these things because they're so impactful in my life. September, 2012, there were two other women and myself who went with a dieting, you know, company that was, you know, promoting their products. And the whole idea is that you fuel yourself. And as you fuel yourself, you burn more, you lose weight. The three of us were in a three month competition, September 15th to December 15th. I was the largest of the three and we were in a race with other people. And if you lost the most weight and made the greatest impact, you could win $10,000. I mean, I was so motivated because here I'm motivated by easily by a lot of things, but this really motivated me. And in those three months, I lost 52 pounds. And the three of us together lost almost 100 pounds together. We came in second. So we didn't win any money. We would have been a spokesperson for this particular company. And in the good sovereignty of God, we didn't win because now I wouldn't be able to promote that, right? Because intermittent fasting, wow. So I started in January 2019. And here's one of my big regrets. If anybody's listening to the podcast and wants to get a good start, I highly recommend that if you've got problems with the scale, which is me, I really have problems with the scale. It is not helpful for me. Take measurements and take before and after pictures, including the front, the back, and the side. How long did it take you to regain those 52 pounds you lost? In 2013, I gained the majority of it back by the summer because my youngest child graduated from high school in May 2013. And when I look at those pictures, I still look not too bad, but it's obvious that I didn't look as beautiful as I did in December 2012. So you're right. I could not maintain. That's the thing. You know, there are thousands of ways to lose the weight, but can you maintain it? Long term is the question. So January of 2019. Because I'm a fast loser, this is the bad part. I didn't do any before and after things. I didn't do any measurements. I'd been on too many diets where I had done the measurements. I'd done the the, the scale and I didn't know, Jen, if it would work. I just didn't know. I get it because you're like a little bit burned out. You're like, well, one more thing. You, I'm not that optimistic. We'll just try. That's it. Exactly. Not knowing that, let's say that I started out with, because I'm pretty extreme, let's say that I started out with a six-hour eating window. My goal very much is results, but the fact that I could still eat ice cream. I really love sweets, although my tastes have changed through, is it called um, grillin? The hormone that can change? Ghrelin is the hunger hormone, and leptin is the satiety hormone. And I'm not really sure what is responsible for your taste in food changing, other than you could just get better at listening to your body's cries for nutrition. I don't know if leptin or ghrelin are part of that. I'm not sure. That's interesting to think about. I like that answer because I do now, when I open my window, I would never open it with a Reese's peanut butter cup or a bowl of ice cream. Never, never. But I think I was doing weird stuff like that at the beginning of IF because I could. I felt so free. 
within a very short period of time. However, I did go to 20 hours of fasting, four hours open window. And I can tell you that one of my grandbabies was born in October, 2019. And I had, I learned quickly to the clothing game because I had too, way too many different sizes of clothing in my closet because I was never maintaining. I was always either going up or going down. Yep, that's me. One or the other. And like literally week to week, I didn't know which it would be. <laughs> you know, I'm like, are these going to fit? Or is that going to fit? Which wardrobe am I in? And every season when the season would change, I would like pull out the tubs and I'm like, which tub will it be this time? I had them all. I had them all also. And it was slavery versus IF is freedom. And I also learned because of the clothing game that at thrift stores, you can get the most amazing inexpensive purchases rather than going from, let's say, a size 20 to a size eight and paying full price. Yeah. So back in the 1980s, I reached size 24 in my pants. And I do know for a fact, because I was weighing then, uh, this is so embarrassing to admit, but I hit a close to 240 and I'm 5'6". And because I've never given up completely, I have always been either gaining or losing. I experienced, well, let me just finish to tell you by October, 2019, uh, my thrift store pants were either size six or eight. And I was in all medium shirts and I felt so good in the airport that I had somebody take a picture of me, October, 2019. And I am still in those same clothes. And I guess because I never got on the scale, I guess that I lost between 60 and 70 pounds. But because we all know that body recomposition is real, I don't know if I've really lost 60 or 70 pounds. All I know is that the size six or eight jeans or pants still fit me in April, 2022, when we're recording this, the weight doesn't matter, but sometimes I do the honesty pants thing and I feel, oh, um, my waistband is getting a little bit tight. And that's where the weight does go on versus in the past. Wow. My, um, my face would bulk up. I would feel it in my legs. Anyway, it's so great that that's what happened in October, 2019. So I stayed there. I experienced the thing that I still don't understand but you tried it and it's the pregnancy hormone. Okay. My three, all three pregnancies, I began each pregnancy large. I had almost no appetite for all nine months. And when I gave birth, I looked almost perfectly thin because I weighed less going into my nine months of pregnancy than I did when I started. And so you can imagine when I dropped the baby and what do you lose immediately? Sometimes like 12 pounds or something. I looked amazing. So now no more babies inside of me and I'm nursing all three. And within three months of nursing, I weigh as much as I did at the beginning of each pregnancy. So I experienced, what well, can you explain the hormone that's, what is that? Does it take away your appetite? You know, I was always one to read the book, and it was written by a doctor, and the doc this theory came out of the 1950s. I still remember the doctor's name. It was Dr. Simeon, I believe, S-I-M-E-O-N. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but I always said Simeon in my head. And he ran weight loss clinics, I believe, in Europe. And he gave women HCG, pregnancy hormone, and men, I guess women and men, he would give them injections. And there was this little diet list that you were allowed to eat of 500 calories a day. And his theory was that the pregnancy hormone would somehow, let's see if I can remember it. It's been a long time since I read his books. The Somehow the pregnancy hormone magically unlocked your fat stores and did something in your hypothalamus so that you were able to access your fat stores like never before and you lost the weight, and I don't know, it was like a miracle, and it didn't slow your metabolism because of the effect. I don't know if that's all true, but all I know is I was able to lose the weight when I did the HCG, but I was also doing 500 calories a day. <laughs> then he's like, the way you were supposed to like reset your loss or like set the, the loss in was after you finished the 42 days of HCG. And I was doing this all throughout like 2008, 2009, 2010. Those were the years I was struggling with this. He talked about how it would like 
save your metabolism. You would not lose your metabolic rate. Well, I was like going crazy with the regain, but you were supposed to do like low carb for a while after it and then start to reintroduce foods. And if you ever gained more than two pounds, you had to have a steak day or something where you just eaten. I mean, it was just crazy. So this is completely unrelated. I thought all along as women, because I have friends who've done this thing, I thought it must be an appetite depressant, the hormone. Well, maybe it is. It might be. I don't really know. It might do something. But he had this whole theory about what it did, which may or may not be true. But it certainly did not, you know, keep my metabolism in great shape because after that, like when I first did it, my friend had heard about it from her dentist and was doing it. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it too. And um, got the injections from a doctor that I had to drive an hour to find, but I was doing it because it was going to make me lose the weight. You know, that was when I really started to gain more and more and more. So it was after the HCG that I became obese. Prior to that, I was never higher than the like 160s, 170s. But the HCG, I got down to the 130s with it, but never passed that. But then my weight just blew up. It skyrocketed after that. And I just, I, I really do think it damaged my metabolism. And, and it was after HCG those years between like maybe 2012 to 2014, that's when I gave up. I kept trying to do stuff here and there, but I was mostly giving up. And I really just wanted to be an intuitive eater. And I didn't want to have to think about it because I had just worn myself out. And I was just like tired of it. And that's when I really got to be obese. And, you know, it might be that those years when I just gave up may have really helped me regain my metabolism because I was overeating. I'm sure I was overeating. So, you know, you ask your, with intuitive eating, you're supposed to ask yourself the question, am I hungry? And the answer always was yes. So I just kept eating all the time because I was hungry all the time. And I was like, well, it says to do it. It says it'll work. And well, it never did. I just gained more and more weight. And, but that may have boosted my metabolism and really saved me. That might have been it. Because in 2014, when I first got started, you know, I didn't do intermittent fasting first. I've talked about this before. But I went back to HCG in 2014, and I tried it, and then I was like, and I lost some weight, but I had to stop early because I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then I was like, I'm just going to do low carb. So it was that whole summer of 2014. I was like, I'm just going to do low carb forever. This is way better. I'm never doing HCG again. And of course, you know, I didn't lose any weight doing that. And then I was like, I'm just going to do intermittent fasting. And I started doing it and I never stopped. Because I have had people question what I'm doing, of course, and and it's understandable because it's so out of the box, although it's becoming more and more normal. And they'll say, you're going to hurt your metabolism. Yeah, you're going to hurt your metabolism. And now these naysayers, all I can say is, I just want you to know it's not true. There's science behind it. And I am not very sciencey, but I want you to know because it's a lifestyle Sometimes I go out to lunch with girlfriends and then I will eat dinner with my husband and I don't gain weight. I just go right back to my 20-hour window the next day and I've heard the metabolism actually likes it. It's changing it up. You know, I can feel when I eat more on a day, I get hot. Like I can feel my metabolism cranking up. Like I start to like radiate heat and that's our body burning it off. Like I feel like I have repaired my metabolism over the, over the years with everything that I've done. Like I'm pretty sure it was trashed because I did, you know, I've talked about my diet pill years and that was not good for my metabolism. But after the diet pill years, when I started gaining weight, that's when I started with the HCG. That didn't help at all. And again, every time I would do one of those things, I would lose the weight and then yo-yo back up. Intermittent fasting, and people sometimes they're like, well, I heard your story. You said you lost 80 pounds with intermittent fasting, but you started with the HCG and you're doing the other. I'm like, look, there were no books about intermittent fasting. There was no like how to really do. I mean, there were there were a few books, but they weren't, they didn't, we didn't know about autophagy. We didn't know. We were all just kind of figuring it out. It was like the wild west of, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have fast feast repeat or delay don't deny to read. I was just a crazy dieter who was trying to stop the madness. And so I would do it very differently. If I could go back to 2014 and hand myself Delay, Don't Deny, I wouldn't do HCG that May or the low-carb summer. I would have just started the intermittent fasting, (laughs) knowing what I know now. This lifestyle is truly, truly freeing, and it is so easy. I listen to your podcasts all the time, and sometimes I have takeaways, and I love it's this easy. You're either eating or fasting. 
And that's how simple it is. And it works perfectly. Well, I did try, I, one of the things that I noticed in my many years of dieting is that chewing in the morning was something that made me want to chew for the rest of the day. So I thought, if I just do a milkshake, if I just do liquid, it'll help me. And it didn't. By lunchtime, I would be famished. And now with fasting and drinking my wonderful black coffee, which used to be light brown because I had a little bit of coffee with my, you know, I just can't even believe the difference. What it does is it makes it easier. Now, I am on social media with your the moderators who are still doing. I, I think they're especially doing the ADF, the all-day fast. And somebody will write, I just accidentally licked my finger while making cookies. Should I just open my window now? And I've written in, do yourself a favor and don't. Your body will survive. If you have an accidental oops, Pretend like it didn't happen. Now, that is not an excuse to oops your way through the day. Please don't do that on purpose because then, you know, that's no longer an oops. But, yeah, if you have an accidental oops, just pretend like you didn't. And then I'll say you might be hungrier before your window opens, but you can still delay and your body will thank you. It's really true. The body is extremely forgiving. But the big thing I think about this lifestyle is that everything in life requires self-control. So when I say this is a very easy lifestyle, I say, I have to be honest, it still requires self-control, but the self-control isn't for three months during a diet competition. It is self-control for a certain number of hours in a day. And then I feel like I reward myself for being self-controlled during my fasting hours. And it really helps me psychologically. So it's like self-control reward self-control, reward, and it's delayed, don't deny. Did you ever read or follow the carbohydrate addicts diet? I did not. Okay, because she that's the terminology Rachel Heller used. She called it the reward meal. That's what she called it. And it's funny, you've probably heard me talk about the carbohydrate addicts diet before, but she actually lost her weight fasting all day and eating one meal a day. That's what she did. She called it the reward meal. That She only tells that part of it in the introduction. But then the diet that she developed was eat low-carb meals throughout the day and then have a reward meal where you eat whatever you want for one hour to keep your insulin levels down and so you're eating within that one hour. It can be whatever you want. But it's just funny that she actually fasted all day. But she didn't call it fasting. I guess it came out in the 1990s, and maybe the world wasn't ready to hear about fasting. I'm not sure. If she had just skipped all that other part and just done one, sold the diet book that was what she really did, maybe we all would have gotten there a lot faster. And of course, one of the things that I really like to say to people is, you know, you need to do you. And so when you say you're a faster, but then you eat low carb or you practice keto, I believe that if that works for you, then that's good for you. I'm so glad for you. My friend who's currently meeting with the nutritionist, time's going to tell if she can retain the weight loss with eating those small nutritious meals throughout the day. And people do. There are people that do. There are people who eat tiny little low calorie amounts all throughout the day and they do lose the weight and they do keep it off. But you just have to follow that. And there are what I have deemed, and I'm sure you have too, naturally thin eaters. And they register when their bodies are full. They eat three meals a day and they have maintained the correct weight for eons. They are naturally thin eaters. I would love to have a study where we looked at everyone's fasted insulin level and, and can, can correlate that to see. Wouldn't that be interesting? Because maybe it's already been done and I just don't know it. That would be interesting. I really believe that I'm a recovering glutton. And I know for a fact that I was born hungry and by elementary school, I went on my first diet when I was either in third or fourth grade, just with my mom. But I was already a very large child. I can see it in photos. And so for people like you who were thin growing up, I think it's got to be harder because all of a sudden you started to pile on the weight, pile on the weight, and you'd say, but wait. I was thin when I was growing up, whereas for me, I have been overweight since the 60s, and I did go to Weight Watchers. My mom and I went together when I was in eighth grade, and I remember I you know, won competitions and stuff because I lost 35 pounds in a short period of time because I can follow the rules. I can follow the rules. And when people are on your podcast and they say, well, I achieved Weight Watchers. What are you, a member for life? Yeah, lifetime member. They didn't have that back in the 70s when I did that. 
but I wouldn't have been able to be a lifetime member and maintain my weight because I was always my whole life either losing or gaining. I would just really like to know, is it because, you know, you were born with higher, you know, we, we think about the bell curve, right? The natural distribution of everything. And no matter what you're talking about, whether it's leaf size or, you know, the dog's tail lengths, I mean, whatever, it all fo- seems to follow. Things in nature follow that that natural distribution of the bell curve. And so you've got to have like our hunger and satiety hormones have to be on that curve somewhere. There are some people that are on that upper end of the curve who are legit hungrier because their body produces more of the, the ghrelin or whatever. Or maybe their body is naturally producing more insulin, so they're better fat storers. And, you know, we've got clues to that from our childhood. You know, Chad, on the other hand, never has had a weight trouble. He doesn't eat breakfast now, and he, he's a, a loose intermittent faster, probably around an eight-hour window most days. But we had our fasted insulin done at the same time, and his was lower than mine. And it probably, I was like a three. I mean, his probably has always been naturally low. So he's just not a good storer. His body, he, he told me when he was in high school and he was really lanky and lean and he wanted to be bigger. He felt like he was too skinny and he tried to eat more and bulk up and was unable to. You know, and I've got a brother like that. My brother, Zach, he's very, very, very skinny, tries to bulk up, can't. But it's just something about the levels of, um, you know, whatever it is, their insulin, their ability to store the fat. We're all just so different. That's one of the things that I absolutely love about this lifestyle is that you preach a one size does not fit all. So when people go, oh, I could never do a 24. And then I think to myself, I'm not going to tell them I do a 21 and 2.5. You know, that will totally freak them out. Anyway, I always say, oh, you don't have to. It is up to you. And um, what's the saying a lot of people say when they you ask, what would you tell people as you recommend this lifestyle if you had to do it again? Isn't it tweak it till it's easy? Yeah, tweak it till it's easy. I have a chapter with that name in Fast Feast Repeat because that's the key. I'm a very open-ended kind of a person. I was like that as a teacher as well. You know, I was the gifted teacher. And I taught adults in the gifted endorsement class. And many of the assignments I gave in the gifted endorsement class for teachers were very open-ended. And they'd be like, can I? I'm like, sure. But what should I? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and it would drive them crazy because they were like, just tell me exactly what to do and I will do it. I'm like, uh-uh, that's not the assignment. That's so true. I had students do that too. But I do have to say, I because I am so assertive, when people say, tell me exactly what to do, I'll say, all right, I'm going to challenge you to do a 16-8. That's your starting point. And that means that maybe you're going to eat your first meal at 11 o'clock in the morning, and then you're going to stop eating at 7 o'clock in the evening. Try that. Because people who are really eager for an answer will get one from me. And then I'll say, do you realize that fasting for 16 hours is doing unbelievably good things in your body. And that's what I think about the naturally thin eater who hears me say, all right, Lori, so you say this just wasn't about weight. It's also a health benefit. And you've had a lot of these people on your podcast. That's what has amazed me is people who've done it for the health benefits. And even those naturally thin eaters feel different from fasting, whether they could be fasting. This almost sounds like to me cheating, but only fasting for 14 hours, you know, and then they have a 10 hour open window. I know I can't do that. One of my aha moments from one of your podcasts and you're like this also is that I really, really want to be full. Is that satiated? I like to be full. Yeah, I like satiety. I like to feel satisfied after I eat, not overstuffed. And hence my smaller window. I have to do it because I like to feel full so much. Here's the thing I've never heard on your podcast before, and I'm just going to put it out there. I've got a friend who's been watching me. Actually, she was in that competition that I was in where, you know, we almost won. And she tried it and she said, I feel like in a way intermittent fasting promotes gluttony. I looked at her and I, I shook my head and I said, I really understand why you're saying that because I do think I have a tendency to overeat when my window's open, but something's changed and I overeat good things 
And I'm not stuffing my mouth with M&Ms like I used to in my old days. In the Bible, it says when you fast. There's words in there, when you fast. It's assumed that we're going to fast if you're religious. All the religions have fasting as part of their religious teachings. And so I think that we are designed as humans, whether we're designed or evolved this way or whatever someone believes, eating is a pleasure. We are supposed to embrace pleasures. We're not, to me, gluttony would be what I did during those years when I was trying to be an intuitive eater and eating from morning, noon, and night and never stopping. I ate all the time. I was constantly stuffed. That, looking back, felt like gluttony. That is really helpful because I legitimized what she said. I said, I understand why you're saying that, but may I tell you to not walk away from the meal feeling still hungry. Another one of my skinny friends from college, we have a girlfriend reunion from, I went to the University of Delaware. I'm a fighting blue hen. Anyway, we are trying to go to different places and we missed during COVID. So we just got together at my brother-in-law's home, beautiful home in Tampa, Florida. And my skinny girlfriend from New York City said, I'm going to do what you do while we're together during this weekend, whatever you do. And unlike you, when you had the party weekend with your girlfriends at football, I still practice intermittent fasting for 20 hours because I really tend towards excessiveness. So she was doing it. And when she opened her window, because we went to a different restaurant every night, she said, the food tastes so much better. The food tastes so much better. This is worth it just to have food taste so much better. And what you just said, Jim, when I was gluttonous and I was eating all day long, sometimes I barely tasted my dinner. That's an aha moment, isn't it? Food tastes better when you are genuinely hungry. I just heard you say like on the last podcast, everything after nine or 10 bites doesn't have the same beauty yet as it did in the beginning. And I just love that this adorable skinny friend was having these aha moments, but it's a lot of it's because she's one of those people who's known me since we all graduated from college in either 83 or 84. And she watched me engage in the freshman 15 and then went back down and back up again. And when she saw me two summers ago and had seen me, she kind of saw me at the beginning of IF because we weren't closed down when we got together in I think it was March. It was just before the big shutdown. Anyway, she kept on saying, you look amazing. Your life has genuinely changed. I mean, this is blowing my mind. I want to try it. And I, she's an RN. And I just said, you know what, Rebecca, you need to do this, not for weight loss, but for the health benefits, because you're already pretty tiny. And she just felt like she had an aha moment just because food tasted better. I love that. That is true. And, you know, you can be skinny and have problems with insulin. You probably heard me talk about this before. Chad's aunt, she just passed away this year, but she had early onset dementia and she was the skinniest person, always so skinny, but she was always eating a candy bar and having a soda, like a Coke. She, so... You know, dementia or Alzheimer's is often considered to be, you know, type three diabetes. That's, a, you know, because it's it's insulin resistance in the brain versus or whatever. I don't know if that's the right wording, but insulin issues in the brain versus, you know, in other places. That's how it manifests for some people. So she was skinny. She was never, never big, never overweight, but high insulin was affecting her in the brain. And we didn't even know it, right, all her life. It was easy for me to see where how it was affecting me because I was 210 pounds. But it affects us. High insulin is not a good thing, no matter what your size. So if she had done, you know, if she had not been eating all the candy bars and sodas, how would her life have been different? You know, so both my grandmothers, my grandfathers both died of heart attacks, but both of uh, both of my grandmothers had dementia, different kinds, you know, when they finally died, when they were old, but, you know, the few years leading up to it. But it was really, really hard to watch because they had been, you know, amazing, vibrant women. To see them lose their mental capacity was genuinely heartbreaking. And I don't want that to be me. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. 
Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. And that's why you can come to practice the intermittent fasting lifestyle no matter your size. And that's why some of your podcasts have just been amazing because people will come right out and you'll say, so have you lost any weight? from engaging in this lifestyle. And I remember one gal, I think she was up in New England and she was even trying culinary art school. She had, I think, not lost anything, but maybe five pounds. But she said her body had been completely changed. It had been transformed because of IFing. And it is transformational. You know, I want to be the grandmama who's like sharp as a tack at the age of 100. They'd be like, Grandmama used to do podcasts. She was pretty awesome back in the day. You know? I've always been high energy no matter what size I've been. But that is one of the best parts is that now that the good Lord is giving me these adorable grands, they're 6'4", I think I told you, two, two, five months and then four days old. And I get to see them all tomorrow. I can keep up with them. I can run around and I can throw them in the air. Although Sadie baby, the six-year-old's getting a little hard for me to throw in the air. That's just because she's growing and growing. She's becoming a big girl, first grader. So wonderful. It really, really is. So one day, she's be all grown up and you'll be there and she'll be like, all right, now I need some help with not ever having to diet. So you can give her that. And you know, one of the things that has been encouraging to me is that You've lived it, you preached it, but I used to always say as a teacher, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. The fact that your mom has not engaged in this lifestyle. So I say that maybe one day, you know, you can help her. And it is family members who've watched me, who cheer me on, who encourage me, and yet don't see that this would benefit them tremendously that just break your heart. And I always say again, if I could do it, You can do it. My mom and my dad both could benefit from it, but neither of them are interested. (laughs) But it is. But I mean, I'm certainly no Jesus, but you know what? Jesus was not a prophet in his hometown, right? Well said. And so all I can do, I really want to influence others because of how much I've benefited. And I want to be your number one like advocate for the fact that I'm not sciencey. I live in denial. I do not go to the doctors until I'm about to die. But I am uh, literally, you know, that is when I go to the doctors. And last time was a bee sting. I was visiting the kids in Madison, Mississippi and got stung by a wasp. And it was my very first time to go into anaphylactic shock. And it was my first and I hope my only ambulance ride. I've got an EpiPen, but it's really, really, really old because those things expire so quickly. And there's another thing that I'm in denial about. I always go, you know what, just give me some Benadryl and then somebody take me to the doctors. And But they say it can get worse and worse. But even saying all this, get an EpiPen. I need to, I need to. But I'm the person who, if you're listening to this podcast and you go, I don't really want to go to the doctors. I don't want to get, are they called ACL numbers? Am I saying, I don't want to find out my cholesterol. I don't want to find out. I can tell you I have health benefits just by how I feel because I've been in denial for so long. One of the things my husband and I have been happily married for 38 years and he married me at a size 16. And I know that because that's what my wedding dress was when I married him. And he told me early on, we met in June, dated in July and got engaged in September. So the whole thing was like, it's one of those things where you just, when you know, you know. We met in June, first kiss in July, married the next July. Okay. And we didn't get married till the following December because I was in my senior year at the University of Delaware and he was in his first year of seminary. So we lived apart from there, but he greatly impacted my life by saying, 
you need to know that I really don't care about your size, but I really care about your health. And I'm wondering if you would purpose to try to exercise every day. Well, I'm a former athlete and I want to say I'm still an athlete today. I'm addicted to, I know you've heard this from other podcast interviewees, pickleball. I love pickleball. Have you tried it? No, but our new neighborhood that we're moving into has pickleball. It's kind of like the neighborhood we're moving into. And by the time this comes out, we will be there. (laughs) But the neighborhood is like, it's not a retirement community because you don't, it's not like everybody has to be 55 or whatever to live there. But a lot of people there are retired. And it's also a neighborhood that people can rent their houses for vacation, like by the week. So it's like a combination of a vacation neighborhood and a retirement kind of-ish neighborhood. The full-time residents are mostly all retired, but not all are. Our realtor lives there and she's younger than me. But they have pickleball and I'm going to do it. I've never played, but it's right there in the neighborhood. The house, we're going to get our golf cart. We're going to drive down there. I'm just walk there, but whatever. I could golf cart if I want to, but I am so looking forward to pickleball. Oh, I'm so excited for you to try it because it is a lot of movement without realizing it because you're chasing a ball. So since Rich, since Rich said to me, you know, this is back in 1982, 1983, I just want you to purpose to exercise. I have been walking for 38 years and weather permitting, and I've missed very few days of walking And I tell him, you changed my life through the walking. He told me, well, since you've been intermittent fasting and you've said, no, I used to feel good as a large woman. He said, Lori, you move faster now than you have in decades. And I go, intermittent fasting for the wind. And again, one of the reasons he was so excited for me to meet you because I'm such a super fan was because Really, when you think about your life and things that have truly been pivotal, I think about, first of all, becoming a Christian when I was a teenager, meeting and marrying Rich so quickly, and it being the right thing by the grace of God. I think about my three kids and now, of course, my in-laws and my six grandchildren, but intermittent fasting has changed my life. It's right up there with all of those other serious life events because for the first time in my life, I am free. Now, do I still think about food? A lot, a lot, a lot. Do I still enjoy my food? A lot. But I can be self-controlled for 20 or 22 hours a day. And let's face it, my stomach has shrunk. And so I would say one of the hard, I know that we're getting starting to wind down. One of the hard parts of intermittent fasting for me, because you often ask that question, what's been hard? I am a creature of routine. And as a result, I crave certain foods. I go through phases. I think a lot of people do. If I eat too much right now, I am in a terrible celery with cream cheese rut. If I eat too many of those, it um, takes away some of my appetite for a good dinner. And then I have to close my window because I'm full and I'm satisfied, but I didn't get to eat some of the foods I wish that I had room to eat. That's the struggle for me too, because I was like, I wanted to have that and I'm too full. Well, we are almost out of time. In about one minute or less, what would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I wish I'd taken before and after pictures. And the big thing is when people say, I gave it a try and it lasted three weeks, I would say, Three weeks isn't long enough. That's the good of a start habit. Give it three months. This is what I have to say. What have you got to lose? But maybe some unwanted health concerns or some unwanted pounds. Try it. You can do anything for three months and it just might change your life. That is such good advice because you're right. A lot of the people that I come across that have said they've tried it, first of all, they weren't fasting clean. That's that's pretty much universal. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you need to fast clean and you need to give it more time. Those are the two things. Fast clean, give it more time. And then also don't read those articles that say intermittent fasting doesn't work. Here's the proof. <laughs> don't even read them because yesterday in the community, there's the, the New York Times, talk, was talk, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's like freaking out. I'm like, stop freaking out. Who cares what the headline says? You know, eggs are bad. Eggs are good. Butter's bad. Butter's good. Intermittent fasting doesn't work. Intermittent fasting works. Ignore all that. Tune within. Listen to yourself. Is it working for you? And the number one advocate for IF is other IFers and seeing that they lose weight and they maintain the weight loss forever because you've said it so many times. 
I will never go back to my old lifestyle. I don't want to go back to my old lifestyle because I feel so good. And I'm so thankful to you, Jen, for writing your books. And I'm so thankful for the impact that God has used you to make in my life. And as a result, hundreds of others. I know by the grace of God, I've influenced others by my intermittent fasting lifestyle. Well, this is how we're changing the world one by one, right? Well, thank you, Lori. This has been such a joy. Thank you. I've loved meeting you. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus explores the circumstances leading up to the murder of two young men and the mistrials of the man accused of killing them. Up-and-coming rapper YNW Melly gained notoriety in the hip-hop world for his shocking lyrics and criminal exploits. When two of his best friends were gunned down in a drive-by shooting, investigators suspected the young rapper staged the scene. But after not one but two trials that ended in hung juries, and new evidence that may place YNW Melly at the scene of the crime, his trial has been paused indefinitely. With countless twists and turns, Law and Crime covers all angles of the case and begs the question, is this young artist the victim of a witch hunt or a silver-tongued devil who's evil to the core? Listen to Murder on My Mind exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.